Welcome everybody. My name is Mikhail Nasrani and this is Islam for Christians. Episode 16, The Hadith, What Makes a Believer? On the authority of Abu Hamza Anas ibn Malik, the servant of the Messenger of Allah, that the Prophet said, None of you truly believes until he wishes for his brother what he wishes for himself. This hadith comes from both Bukhari and Muslim, the gold standard of Muslim hadith collections. One thing to keep in mind as we continue, continue to read items from hadith collections, these are all hearsay. Someone who heard the prophet say something. This was all collected after the prophet's death, collecting every scrap of wisdom anyone could remember. Whether it can be trusted relies heavily on the messenger. In this case, Abu Hamza Anas ibn Malik. Abbas ibn Malik, in his youth, was employed by Muhammad as a servant, and thus heard most of what Muhammad said. Okay, so on to the content. This is so short and so good, I want to repeat this hadith. None of you truly believes until he wishes for his brother what he wishes for himself. The implications of this, this Muslim version of the golden rule, are far-reaching. It means that when Muhammad talks about being a believer, it's way beyond smashing idols and proclaiming there is only one God. This is surface belief, performative belief. To truly believe, you must internalize the message and live it. When a Muslim proclaims that there is no God but God, and Muhammad is the messenger of God, it also means a pledge of altruism. What makes this hadith so interesting is its emphasis on the heart of the believer, rather than just the actions. It's very Christian-sounding, actually. It's really a more condensed version of Jesus talking about the two greatest commandments. In Mark, Jesus says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Muhammad is saying basically the same thing. If you believe in God and you truly love God, prove it and love your brother as much as you love yourself. This kind of thing is an easier sell in our world than it would have been for Muhammad in 7th century Arabia. Western culture is infused with the God of Abraham, so much so that we take for granted that being a religious follower means being a good person. But this would have been a totally new concept to many Arab pagans. Their gods were different. Those gods existed to serve you, to advance your interests, the interests of your family, and the interests of your tribe. There was no moral dimension to any of it. Petitioning a god was no different than a modern person petitioning the president or a member of parliament. This is also something to keep in mind when learning about Islam. Muhammad was dealing with a different audience than Jesus was, and his ministry should be understood in that context. Jesus was preaching to a Jewish audience, which fully understood religion as morality. There were exceptions, obviously. But most of the time, he was talking to an audience with an existing knowledge of God, of the one and only God. 
It was just a given that these ridiculous tokens of the Goyim represented nothing more than rocks and stones. They had long since moved on to deeper things. But Muhammad had no such luxury. Except when talking to Jews and Christians, Muhammad was starting from scratch. And as time went on, and being a Muslim became a social advantage, he had to deal with opportunistic converts who began to treat Allah like one of the old gods, as something for personal gain. Sometimes it would fall on deaf ears that Allah is different. Allah doesn't just want your obedience. He wants your heart. He wants you to love him. And you will believe in Allah and do as he commands, not because it benefits you, but because it is the right thing to do. Faith will be the reason you care for your brother, the reason you pay the poor tax, the reason you look out for widows and orphans, the reason you do not cheat in business, the reason you do not gossip, the reason that you conduct yourself in a way that considers the welfare of everyone around you. Can you imagine delivering that message to a people who only a few years ago were praying to stones for wealth or conquest or revenge? There was one group in the early days that literally stoned Muhammad out of town for saying such things. Those people eventually became Muslims just the same and professed faith in the God of Abraham. But how many of them do you think really meant it? How many would actually wish for others what they wished for themselves? Thank you, and I'll talk to you next time. Inshallah. Thank you for listening to Islam for Christians. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep this show ad-free, you can also visit my Patreon page and subscribe. I'm at patreon.com slash Islam for Christians. That's patreon.com slash Islam for Christians.